Scooby Scoop. Alright, five. Is ready? Four. You is or you ain't? I is. Five, four, three, two, one. Boys and girls, welcome back to the rap number 21. Sweet little legal number 21, and I'm uh, joined here by a sweet little guy who turned 21 this year. So a uh, big, big rap, it looks like. Mate, uh, it's not a whole lot of legal in Australia, but I'm telling you what, I'm bringing a whole lot of lethal. So I'm uh, happy to be on today. Got uh, Mel Gibson, the lethal <laughs> weapon over there. How you doing, D- DC? Man, I'm, I'm pretty good. A little bit... It's, the weather's been chopping and changing, a little bit of sniffles, but I'm, you know, right and I'm ready to do this rap. Right as rain, you could say. Quite ironic, considering we got a bit of a downpour today. <laughs> very ironic, Andy. Very, very ironic. So, um, for those who know the format of the show, we have a uh, domestic story and an international story. That's how we do the rap, but we don't start there. We uh, pay homage to the wives and girlfriends who jump to conclusions about their mans with no evidence. So uh, we have jumping to conclusions. <clears throat> it's a bit up and down, really, jumping to conclusions, but this week I'm, I'm confident. You're confident in yours. Mine are usually really. pretty good. My, look, you've had a... No, not, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to even clap back at that, Dougal. I'll, <laughs> I'm going to let you have it. What's, what's yours this week? Because it's true. You, you want to hear mine? I, I, with open ears. Best first. Best first, all right. My one is that it's actually related to wives and girlfriend arena of discussion. It's within those parameters. And it's, uh, it, it's that uh, girls are actually often much more impressed when you let them buy you a drink <laughs> than they are you insisting to buy them a drink. I'm saying that. You know what I'm saying? You're straight up bum. You're straight bum? up bum. Um, <laughs> I'll be willing to talk about that. Mine, um, I wasn't saying that I was confident in mine. I was just saying I was confident we're going to have a nice discussion. Uh, mine is that this type of weather that we just had today is the worst. Well, considering that people listening in audio format, it might be on different parts of the week. But you, you know, might have I to think describe, <laughs> describe weather. the weather, right? So from day to day... It goes in and out of being like very cold and a, a little bit mild. And then you also get this rain that comes down. It's sniffle season, pretty much. I, I'd describe it as sniffle season. That's the worst type of weather. The one, we've, had pretty, we've had probably a week of sniffle season. I'm already goddamn sick. It's worse than um, blizzards? Well, I'm, of course, it's relative to <laughs> the Sydney climate, you idiot. <laughs> Do you reckon it's worse than uh, 40 degree days? Yeah, I reckon it's worse than 40 degree days. Do you reckon it's worse than um, thunderstorms? Yep, I reckon it's worse than thunderstorms. Hailstorms? We get them rarely, but yep, I reckon <laughs> it's worse than hailstorms. All right. So do we want to talk about uh, Dougal being a bum at the bar, or do we want to talk about the weather? <laughs> or being thrifty at the bar, either way, or being generous Look, or I'd respectful. Be su- I would be surprised if girls came up to you looking like that and asked, and offered to buy you a drink. <laughs> Go on little tea paint on your on your little white ass. <laughs> and then we buy you a drink. <laughs> cause that's cause you ain't knowing nothing. You you are devoid of an understanding of female psychology. 
And how about you give me a lesson? <laughs> we'll Dougal get back to it at the end. PhD in, in chick psychology. PhD in, uh, I got a degree in pulling <laughs> women. All right, before we get too misogynistic, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll dive into the domestic story. Usually I do the domestic story, but DC is going to take this one because it hits a little bit closer to home with him, I reckon. You reckon? I reckon it does. Well, it could do, it could do. So domestic story, we haven't introduced it yet, is that the uh, New South Wales government has stopped a Confucius classroom program running in New South Wales schools. So the Confucius classroom program is, is there's a Chinese government uh, organisation called Hanban, H-A-N-B-A-N, Hanban, that um, funds like schools and universities all around the world to uh, help them teach Chinese. And they give the funding in a range of ways. They give them money for extra resources. They also provide, and this is where the the tension comes, uh, a teaching assistant, right? So um, they'll send someone over who's usually studying teaching in China to come and practice teaching at an Australian school, uh, particularly help those kids Australian kids who are learning Chinese um, and often those I think uh, and what happens is those those teachers do go through uh, an application process and they're well according to reports vetted okay by the Chinese government right so according to the uh, the Sydney Morning Herald the Confucius classroom program run in 13 New South Wales school um, 13 New South Wales schools um, has been scrapped, and when the end of that contract ends, I think at the end of the year, it'll be it'll be scrapped up. Uh, so a New South Wales Department of Education review into the program did not discover any evidence of actual political influence being exercised. It found that there were a number of, but sorry, it found that there were a number of specific factors that could give rise to the perception that the Confucius Institute is or could be facilitating inappropriate influence in the department. So there was no evidence of any political activity in the Confucius classroom, but there was evidence that the Confucius classroom could give off the perception of political activity. And while it is kind of funny, um, I'll get into why I, I don't support this opinion, but there is something to say for the for for uh, you know the perception of things and their role uh, the role of perceptions in government because basically, as far as I can tell, if you're the government, like let's say you're the prime minister, you basically have two jobs and they're not necessarily the same job. Um, the first job you have to do is actually to do a good job. That's the first thing. You have to do things well and do good policies. The second thing you actually have to do is to convince the people that your policies are good. Uh, and you can often have one without the other. In fact, that's quite quite common. Um, quite, you know, you can get none. You can get zero out of two, and you can get two out of two. Um, but what we have here is a, a nothing was done, but there's a perception that something was done. And so they acted on the perception. Now, the reason why, you know, this story might hit close at home is because I have, you know, a little history with the Confucius classroom. I studied Chinese since I was in year seven. I had the Confucius classroom come in, I think, when I was in about year 10. So I had this guy kind of, I had a few of the, um, you know, 
teaching assistants sent from China. And uh, they were both very, very lovely. I mean, I still talk to some of them. They're great guys. They participated in like the school um, talent talent show, did like some break dancing. Yeah, they were cool. They were some cool dudes. Um, some cool dudes. Some cool dudes. And uh, <laughs> it's gnarly. And um, just, just hang loose, bro. I'm not hang, sure. Hanging ten. And um, and no, they were great. They, they, they were really good. And the, the Confucius classroom actually gave us a fair bit more money to, to learn Chinese and do like cultural activities. I think it helped us organize a trip to China. Um, so that was my first time I went to China, I think it was in year 10 or 11. And uh, that was largely facilitated by the Hanban, you know, the Confucius Institute. And then when I graduated, I actually got a Confucius scholarship to go and study for six months, go and study six months of Chinese in, uh, in Shanghai. And so that meant they paid for my like tuition, accommodation, some insurance, spending money. They paid for basically the whole lot. Um, and it was, you know, I'm back here. I'm, you know, as far as I'm aware, not a Chinese agent. Um, I could be, uh, secretly. Probably, look, if you were, you probably wouldn't know about it. I wouldn't know about it if I have the, uh, some 5G type of, uh, brain influence. But, but no, I actually found that when I was learning Chinese, um, at school, it was probably my least political subject uh, out of all the subjects because we didn't even learn much about the Chinese government. But you bet your bucket of biscuits if you were getting if you were studying English or history or geography, you were getting a, you know you were getting a whole lot of uh, political theory one sided, if I may say, shoved yeah. right down your throat. Yeah, the uh, the HSE English trial paper that I uh, sat recently was very uh, politically driven, but uh, I digress. Continue. <laughs> Yeah, so it was, um, there was, in my experience, zero, zero politics in there. Uh, I mean, there's, there is things about the Chinese government which we should be worried about and their influence in Australia. Like, one is the fact that they own a port in Darwin, I believe. Now, I don't know much about that situation, but that seems like something we should be discussing and concerned about. But when you've had a New South Wales a governmental review into a program which is helping Australian students learn Chinese, which is probably the most, which which is definitely the most important language other than English for Australian people to know. There are hardly any non-ethnic Chinese Australians who have learnt Chinese to any degree of competency. Um, we actually need basically all the help we can get, and the government's saying that um, they are going to kind of replace the funding. Um, that's lost by the Confucius Institute. Now that's, as far as I can tell, a, a big load of BS. And one of the reasons is is because there's not that many Australian kids who, who are interested in learning Chinese. I mean, when I got to year 12, there were four in my class. A lot of other uh, schools um, might have three or four, but you know what, if they're a public school, they're, not, they're just not going to have the money to run a class on, on, you know, with only three or four kids enrolled. Um, but if you get Confucius Institute funding, you will be able to to run that class, and you'll have a, a teaching assistant with you. You know, a, a native speaker from China who is trained in teaching Chinese to foreigners. Um, and if uh, it's a very dumb, it's 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 a pretty dumb decision as far as I can tell from New South Wales, uh, New South Wales government. I mean, <clears throat> there was even initial reports. I think when I was in Year Twelve about you know some disgruntled um, news reports about Chinese influence through the Confucius Institute. And I actually wrote an article about it. It didn't, it didn't get published. 
Um, and I'm trying to look for it so I can kind of resubmit it. But um, it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's my take on it. Andos, you got any? Yeah, it's funny um, considering our exploits yesterday that we might, that, well, personally, I think I might align a little bit with the socialists on this one where uh, I think a, a lot of people are just sort of almost scared of Chinese influence um, when it's kind of unfounded. I mean, like you said, there are lots of things with Chinese influence that we need to have a discussion about, like the port you're talking about, the Chinese land ownership, um, especially in of farms and stuff like that is like stuff we should be having uh, discussion about. But it seems now that maybe it's uh, like probably not a racial thing, but a, like a almost a fearful thing of Chinese influence um, that stems, that is like just sort of being represented by the government here and there. Uh, in their findings and their doings on the on the situation, like as you said, there's no actual evidence about it. It's more just optics, which is a little bit uh, concerning because I don't think we should a lot of the, we shouldn't really be judging people and things of how they look. Um, it should be more about their actions, credentials, etc. Which, from what it seems like, from not only the uh, the actual empirical evidence, which you've, which we've seen in the report, but like you as a first-hand example, Dugs, of uh, someone who's probably come back better as a better person, uh, more cultured, has better insights on like a better worldview from something like the Confucius classroom. It just seems a little bit silly that we uh, completely cancel it, use a little bit of fear-mongering to cancel it um, when it's actually doing pretty good things. So... Uh, yeah, I'm pretty pretty against the uh, the banning of it. Um, have you got anything anything else to add, Dukes? No, not really. Not not really much else to add. Andy was referencing the fact that we got kicked out of a socialist rally on the weekend, but we'll have a video coming out detailing that with some pretty funny footage. Um, our uh, what's our international source? The Amazon rainforest yep. fires, right? I'm interested to see what you have to say. Because you did some uh, preliminary research before the wrap, and I've I've read an article in the in the interim as well, um, so I'm keen to see what uh, what we've got for for the rainforest fires of yep. the Amazon in Brazil. So uh, it's all over social media. Um, the mainstream media is covering it as well. Uh, it's the Amazon rainforest that has uh, nearly eighty thousand fires have been registered this year in the Amazon rainforest, and now. Um, it's burning at a rate that's sort of unse- been unseen before. Um, it is u- like tr- it's a usual thing that the Amazon is burning at this time of the year for like a range of reasons, mostly agricultural. But at this scale, it's uh, off the charts pretty much. Um, Look, Andos, I was afraid this would happen. Um, that was a little bit of con- I was about to. Oh, okay. Yeah, do, do you want to do the story, mate? Are you going to... I thought that was how you were introducing it. Well, Sammy was just in the middle of it. Are you saying that the Amazon fires was off the charts? I'm saying that, like, it's on a scale that we haven't seen since at least 2013, like, from beforehand. Yeah, like, the fires are kind of off the charts. It's, that's not true, actually. Well, from the research I've done... Uh, it is. 
Yeah, well, that's because I've, I did some research as well and they broke down some of the misconceptions around the rainforest fires, around the Amazon forest fires. Okay? Is that, we don't need to get offended about it. Yeah, I'm not offended about it. I'm just uh, a little bit surprised because I read, like, I did, there were some ones that were quite, uh, I mm-hmm. thought, misleading. And then there were a couple where I thought it was just straight actual factuals. Mm-hmm. But um, if you want to give, give an education here. Sure. So in terms of the actual rates and the extent of the fire, um, <clears throat> so while the number of fires in 2019 is 80% higher than 2018, it's just 7% higher than the average over uh, the last 10 years, according to some experts. Okay, so small fire in 2018, slightly larger than average fire in 2019. Um, you can manipulate that data, and that's what we've seen we've seen happen. So, so a lot of celebrities uh, tuned in uh, with their with their bits and pieces. That's a uh, well, that that surprises me mostly because uh, it's a it's a big talking point, and it has been a big talking point for, at the G7 summit where. Uh, like a bunch of world leaders have just sort of been discussing on how we can solve this big issue is how it's like being portrayed not only on social media but like in these well, governmental sure. That's roles. because it's um, there's a lot of misinformation or disinformation of people saying it's a result of that the fires are a result of, of climate change. Um, but a lot of people are saying they're not the result of uh, we're not caused by climate change. Um, this is according to uh, to the to the New York Times. Um, so, well, what did I take from the story? What what are the facts that I know about this story? According to Forbes. According to Forbes. Well, my, okay, mine so was from uh, my facts were across the the Guardian. So, uh, mate, what have we what, what have we said about the Guardian before look, on I this channel? Guard, I know the Guardian is quite left-leaning but when you searched up the keywords okay so madonna and jaden smith shared photos um that were seen by tens of millions of people the lungs of the earth are in flames said dicaprio <clears throat> the amazon rainforest is more than 20 percent of the world's oxygen um tweeted that, yeah, that's ronaldo a, that's, the that's amazon that's rainforest sweet. which the lungs which produce 20 percent of the planet's oxygen is on fire tweeted macron and yet the photos weren't actually of the fire and many weren't even of the Amazon. The photo Ronaldo shared was taken in southern Brazil, far from the Amazon, in 2013. The photo that DiCaprio and Macron shared is over 20 years old. The photo Madonna and Smith, Jaden Smith, shared is over 30 years old. Um... Now, to their credit, CNN and New York Times debunked the photos and other misinformation about the fires with the quote, deforestation is neither new nor limited to one nation. These fires were not caused by climate change, noted the New York Times. Yeah, and that, um, that comment, I think, that, it's 20, that it produces 20% of the world's oxygen is uh, very false. Well, I've, I'm a bit confused. I don't know that much about... I thought I knew a bit about how trees work, but I, I don't. Because trees allegedly are both users and creators of oxygen. Yeah. And a lot of the biggest oxygen trees in the world are things like cattle pastures and. Yeah, it's weird. And and Quite the like. Weird, bro. Um. But 
so so what else what else do we need to uh do we need to have a look at um while the fires are in 2019 yeah blah 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 um okay what else we got um Okay, deforestation. People talking about the deforestation of the Amazon. Mm. That's that's part of it. <laughs> um, a good news story is actually that deforestation declined a whopping seventy percent in the Amazon from two thousand and four to two thousand and twelve. When two thousand and four was in the peak, it's ridden ridden uh, risen modestly since then. However, um, the most what else are we getting? What else are we getting? Not that much. That's that's some of the key facts that I took away from my preliminary research. Just um, you know, quick quick one to all the people out there. It's don't not as, not as bad as what uh. Well, don't trust the the Guardian for one. Um, also, try and see if you can do a bit of extra research as well. And when, when you read about a story, don't trust Mac- like how a French president tweeting a photo that's like twenty years old, that's pretending right. it's today. Um, but anyway, that's what you get. I think um, I would I would say though that like a lot of that is just just because of the misinformation given. Like I wouldn't say that like uh, Macron meant to share a photo from twenty years ago the same way that I didn't mean to be a spreader of fake news. Sure. Well, I doubt there was I doubt there was evil intention there, but I'm sure he would have been corrected. And um, I'm wondering if, oh, I don't know, it's something we can look up, yeah. whether he's apologised or not, because that's something you should apologise for. Um, <clears throat> anyway, I think that's, uh, is that it for the Amazon? Yeah, that's kind of it for the, from the Amazon. There was more, um, the, the other stuff I was just going to say was just like that the, uh, like what the Brazilian government's response was, but it's kind of just a little bit boring and not really very interesting, but Mm-hmm. So I think we might be we might be done on the Amazon. The moral of the story being, it's not really. Then don't trust the fake news don't media. Don't trust the fake news. Um. All right, we're gonna tie up some loose ends. Oh, who's who gets a beta mail of the week? Macron gets a beta mail of the week. Gets one. Maybe the New South Wales Department of Education gets one. Every uh, white chick on Instagram and Twitter gets one <laughs> as well. I saw this one th- meme where it was like. Um, like there was just rain in the Amazon. Like it was just a photo of rain in the Amazon. It was just like Mother Nature said, "F this." She's gonna put this bitch out herself, or something like that. It's 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 a bit of a cringe cringe overload. Yeah, pretty cringe, pretty cringe. All right, feeling like uh, I'm gonna Do give my beta mail to the New South Wales Department of Education. I think we can agree on that one. Okay, very cool. Um, now to wrap up a loose end. We don't leave loose ends on this show. I'm talking not sure about, how many times I have to We're say talking it. about the purchasing and distributing of drinkables. Well, as a uh, as a man who's about to experience that by turning eighteen this week, I'm supremely interested. Well, welcome to the big bad world, my friend. This is the world of uh, you eat what you kill. And uh, <laughs> Uh, this is a world. <laughs> you're stepping into dangerous territory there, DC. But continue it's, on. It's dangerous territory, brother, because it's a. Uh, it's hunting season. <laughs> no, not because it's hunting season. Because it's an ecosystem out there in the in those parts, and you need to be able to navigate it effectively. Okay, give give me the one hundred and one. <laughs> well, look. Let me tell you, it's not. It's not often, you know. It's it's sometimes when when you meet someone in the pub or in the club but sometimes when you go on a date it's 
it's different varieties, different varieties of some type of social situation. Mm. And uh, different varieties call for different uh, measures. Different reactions. Different reactions. And all I, all I would say is that um, <clears throat> you get some girls who, 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 take, who actually take uh, the feminism seriously such that they're not, um, they're not the people who just complain all the time, but they're people who kind of take their life in their own hands. They don't want to be given anything. They don't, uh, you know, they respect themselves a lot in terms of what they can do and what they can offer and provide. And I, I usually get along really, really well with those girls. And a lot of times you say, hey, um, what drink would you like? And they say, hey, hold on, let me get it. And then you say, all right, cool, you get it. And then uh, they get it. And then they're like, they're, they're quite responsive to you being comfortable enough to let them get you the drink. Because you know what, brother? Sometimes you deserve to be pampered. Sometimes you, know you deserve to have a nice little nice little bevy yeah. come over to your table free of charge. Find yourself a girl who treats you like the prince you are, brother. <laughs> yeah, because you are a damn young yeah, prince. prince. Get you some, some maid service. Yeah, well... <laughs> that don't like it a misogynistic way. <laughs> yeah, Andy, that's what they're going to pick you up for. Um, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> that's all I'd say. And uh, so kick what, back, what relax, think, and, uh, and enjoy the, it. Um, is the, what do you think chicks find attractive by a man who's willing to say, you know what, I'm not going to... I'm not going to just conform to these stereotypes. I'm not going to fit into it. Oh, it's that you're comfortable with your masculinity. Mm. You're comfortable with your masculinity, Dos. It's very That's fair. what it means. Very fair. It is uh, something something that I do think chicks do like. So I'm uh, in agreement there with that trait. All right. So it wasn't actually <laughs> very contentious, the conclusion at all. <laughs> and he was interested to hear the gospel. Look, from I think, the, uh, I th- I the think there, are, of the there might be some tenuous links in there, but you know what? And, it's, and it does relate to, I think, a specific uh, group of girls who will offer to buy you a drink. Um, Can I tell you, I had, um, not to brag, but I'm going to brag it out on the program. <laughs> I had a girl, I invited a girl to lunch, it uh, would have been a few months ago, and she actually bought lunch for us both. It wasn't even a split thing, it was, uh, it was a full... Full buy. You know what, dudes? The more you say, the less and less <laughs> I respect you. <laughs> Why? I just feel as if if you're going to take the initiative to take a girl out on a date, right? Which I assume you did in this in this regard. Mm. I feel as if you should be prepared for the eventualities of, of that date, right? Which is flipping the bill. Sure. And that's what I was prepared for. She insisted and I was happy. To relent and it's comfortable with your masculinity, Doss. Look, I think uh, that might have some merit, but I disagree. I think, um, look, even even if chicks might like it, I feel as if it's probably not the, the thing you should do. Okay, Doss, well, when you have make a scene at the uh, cafe or at the restaurant, you come back and tell me how that went for you. You know what, mate? Maybe I just will. Maybe I will make a scene. <laughs> Well, maybe you will. Maybe I won't. But you know what? You'll find out next time. You'll find out next time on the Big Bad Rap, Rap 21. Thanks for sticking with us. Some housekeeping before we leave. If you like the show, 
uh, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Go and check us out on the Purple iTunes app on that. On if you got an iPhone, that's that's pretty cool on the podcast app. Um, hit that subscribe down. button. Go and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Instagram. If you really like the podcast, you can you can donate to us on Patreon. We've got a website in development with some merchandise and stuff coming along soon, so that'll be cool to announce. Just working out some kinks with shipping and uh, etc. Yeah, we got SoundCloud um, too. That's probably we've got some big things coming up. Quick shout out to our boy Charles Joyner who just um, defended his uh, Australian K1 title with with a really nice second round stoppage yeah, via nice some, some, uh, some knees to the body. Nice. And nice. Uh, we've got a big video coming out hopefully this week of uh, me and Andy getting kicked out of the Sydney Socialism Conference 2019 without even having done anything. We almost feel like uh, it would have been cool if we did do something to get yeah. kicked out, but we didn't actually do anything to get kicked out. We, think, uh, well, the, we did. We, we let... I don't know what we did. We just got... Well, the the, uh, the conclusion is that we're, we're pathetic, was what we were told on the way we out. We were right-wing activists, um, mm. which is neither here nor there. Look, the clout's getting to us, I think. Maybe we're just amassing too much fame. Look, it's... Um, it's not what I asked for. It's just what I got. Look, it just comes with the territory of being Instagram, uh, social media influencers like us. All right, we're going to leave it there on the wrap 21. Really, you know, it wasn't the biggest news week, but there were some interesting stories in there. Yeah, it's good to it's good to also say that we're holding each other accountable with the fake news media. It is good, because that's what we need to do. So, all right, peace and love. All right, peace and love. Checking out. See you guys next week.